Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Believe in the fight game. Hello, everyone. This is Charles Yao with Believe in the Fight Game on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team and every sport in LA and more. We believe in sports. Do you believe? Oh, right on. Cool. Dude, I'm I'm so happy. It's like talking to most deaf and Talib Kweli up in here. It's a <laughs> world, bro. It's like, dude, I'm telling you, man, like the, the respect like I have for jujitsu practitioners, coaches, and teachers who strike. N- not that I, not that I discriminate to just strictly jujitsu folks, but for, for the dudes <laughs> like you who strike, it, it's just a different reverence. You know what I mean? And we always got that in the back pocket. <laughs> yeah. So congratulations, by the way, man. It's like uh, having Thor as kind of like this giant uh, monster you guys have now. You have the little monster, Grace, who just won, dude. I know. Thanks, man. It's crazy having like two different, uh, like one really big, you know, bigger guy at a heavier weight and a, a, a woman at a very small weight. So it's, it's interesting, you know, and how yeah. they both play different games and stuff. Yeah, because um, I'm curious because you guys, you know, it's like I, I made that most deaf and Taleb Kweli reference, but you guys got to be Dr. Dre when it comes <laughs> to coaching people, you know? It's like two Dr. Dre's, like you guys are like producers and you're fine-tuning everything. Um, with, with, with like grace, what changes in both your mentalities from fighter to coach? Is there a personality change or is there a mindset change for both of you guys? <clears throat> Not for me. I'm pretty much the same. I'm pretty much same guy all the time. Uh, I know, like, I know with Grace, like we, like she listens to us big time. You know what I mean? And then Thor will just do whatever he wants because I can't stop him. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's big, and I can't. You know, if he does something exactly how I don't like it, not much I can say to him. It still works. You know, where Grace is, uh, you know, we really peculiar with technique and stuff like that. She, she, you know, she's small. You know, she's not big, but uh, I don't know. Uh, How about you, Zach? Yeah, we actually had a conversation with uh, Eddie this weekend. Um, I think it was after the event when we were all sitting on the mat, and um, we were talking about how, uh, you know, with the 10 planet warm-ups and with just, you know, the type of instructors we are, like we expose our students to everything. You know, like John, he was a wrestler when he first started, but – you know, one thing about his mindset is he kept, you know, he wanted to learn the bottom game and learn leg locks and learn how to play butterfly guard and learn the rubber guard and just learn all these different moves. And a lot of guys just aren't open-minded, uh, you know, aren't as open-minded as someone like him, you know, same with Grace, like, like JM said, she listens to everything we say. So she really fine tunes her technique and she really does look to us for, you know, instruction and like, you know, um, strategy and all this different stuff and she just is the embodiment of what we would want to be all wrapped up in one you know but for our students you know some guys just only go to like we show them everything you know but some guys only really want to do leg locks some guys really only want to you know uh play a certain style but like we kind of show them everything and and grace since she's known jm and i she's been doing you know either private lessons with us or she's been a demonstrating partner for us for a long time. So every time we're teaching a seminar in Washington, DC, we're doing stuff up in Montreal. It's like, okay, uh, all right, here's what we're going to work today. Grace, come on up. And then we do the move together. She gets to do the offense, the defense. So she knows like Eddie was saying, and she knows everything. She knows so many moves. It's crazy. You know? So it's interesting what, uh, you know, move sets she chooses to do. You know, it's pretty cool. So for like regular students, do you two coaches get together and go, dude, this guy just wants to learn leg locks, but he really has a good top game. Do you guys ever debate and go like, let's say student X, like, man, I know you want to learn leg locks, but you got this dope, dope top game. Let's focus on that. Or do you guys just go about letting them kind of like learn what they want to learn, even though you guys see the potential in a different area as coaches? We try to push guys to where we want them to go, but at the end of the day, it's their decision. You know what I mean? Yeah. They got to put the work in. I can't do it for them. Um, so some guys, <clears throat> some guys, you know, they, they get they get wise and they, they start listening earlier on. 
And some guys, they have to kind of, you know, be like, why am I being unsuccessful? Well, maybe try listening to my coaches, you know, maybe start there. So I don't, I don't really stress it. You know what I mean? They're going to find out one way or another. We are, it's clear that we know what we're talking about at this point. You know, it was coming up. I knew like when I was, when Grace was younger, I knew what we were doing was awesome. And then people just didn't believe in us or just were quick to disagree. And you know what I mean? I just like, it never really bothered me because I knew what we had. And now the whole world knows what we have, you know? Yeah, for you, Zach. Yeah, like uh, we we do definitely push guys like in certain directions. We'll say, "Hey, man, like you need to work on this or you need to work on that." But like JM said, at the end of the day, it's on them to either decide to listen to what we have to say. Because I mean, I'm guilty of it too. I mean, one time when we got our brown belts, Eddie was like, "You guys got to start lifting weights," and it took me like a year or two until I got into lifting weights. I should have been lifting weights the first time he told me to start lifting weights consistently. You know what I mean? Not just doing like going to do a couple kettlebells and then not doing anything. You know, like now I consistently do it on my own, which is and we have a strength conditioning coach that Grace works with. Um, you know, she's going to be working with them more even coming up to try to get her strong for you know upcoming matches to go up up and wait a little bit, but. Yeah, like I'm guilty of it too, but now it's like, okay, we kind of have a vision, you know, the way we're doing it. So it's like you know, a lot of people are definitely drinking the Kool-Aid, if you will, but some people still are like, you know, they know better. So, you know, it's kind of, it's like hit and miss on who's going to do what. Do you guys feel, and I'll start with Zach first, then to JM, but do you feel like, you know, when Eddie told you, you know, you're a brown belt, lift some weights, it, it was hard for you to try it because you've been successful as a brown belt doing your thing. For for use personally, at least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, when I first got my brown belt, I got my ass kicked a lot. Like, when I first mm. started stepping up, I was like, oh, man, I could take these guys. And I, I didn't do so well when I first started. And it was the same thing. Like, maybe I, if I would have been previous to that when I was a purple belt going like, okay, I'm really going to get jacked and then still be at the same weight and just have that ability to, you know, goon somebody if I had to. When before, I was just pretty much relying on te- soul technique and, like, cardio. Uh, so like, you know, I should have let, I really, I should have listened to him, but, uh, you know, it was, it was like a combination of things. Also, I didn't have like all the, the uh, luxuries I have now, like our school's doing better. So I can, you know, I have a car actually, cause you know, back then I really didn't even have a car. So it's not like I would have been driving to the gym a whole bunch, but you know, now I could drive to a strength conditioning place. I could pay for a massage. I can do all these other things, you know, and I, I'm not making excuses for myself. I just, you know, not things are a lot easier now to where I can really stay consistent with it. You know, as before I was like, kind of just like, ah, I'll just do it on my own. And did you, did you have to experience that jam where you, you were advised to do something and it took you a while to like, listen to it. Cause you're, you know, I mean, you're, yeah, you're no, a fighter. As over time. I mean, I just trust Eddie, you know, Eddie, every time I see him, he kind of like gives me some things he can just see from seeing us. So, you know, I really don't hesitate. You know, if Eddie says, you know, like I think the last time, this last weekend, he was like, I want you guys, I want Grace to work on her core. You know, like, I want her core strong. So that means I need to work on my core. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really hesitate on it. You know, because you learn from that. You know? Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's not that hard to listen to instructors that have been there, done that before. I don't know why it's so hard for a lot of people. It is, though. But uh, <laughs> for me, it's not that hard. I just I'll be like, all right, it's all good. Did, did you guys meet at Tiger Shulman? Is that where you guys met? Yeah. Oh, okay. What was the, what was the vibe like back then? Cause, um, though revered that, you know, Tigers revered it, it, the, the ground revolution wasn't even formalized as much yet. What, what was it like training with him? Was he like old school mythic fucking I'll take you down and land on concrete type shit or. No, I was actually just up there on when I go up on Wednesdays. Now recently I started going up. Uh, training with their fighters and like the UFC and stuff. And um, those guys are really good at like, like boxing, kickboxing and like not getting taken down. They're so good at not, I think Jimmy Rivera's like got the highest takedown defense in UFC history. So he doesn't even like his, his brain at where it's at with jujitsu. He's like, I don't need to even know this because you can't, you're not going to ever do it to me. So, and, but I mean, I can't argue with his results. You know what I mean? Uh, me personally, I wanted to learn jujitsu because I get taken down all the time. Um, and wrestling is cool, but that's like, I, I, you know what I mean? I just rather go the jujitsu route. I'd rather be doing moves than like just working on wrestling, um, which might sound silly wrestlers, but to me, it, 
I don't know. It's just styles. It's just a way of approaching a fight, you know. But uh, those guys, those guys are still, you know, really successful. Kind of the same though. But we kind of uh, got out of that little bubble, and uh, we travel all over the world. We train with a bunch of different people. Jiu-jitsu. You know, we didn't. I didn't think jujitsu was as powerful as it was until I really started training with Eddie and seeing seeing it for what it was in real life, you know, and I bring it, you know, when I go to HQ now, those guys are like, whoa, like, you know, I'm hitting them with shit. And they're like, they're impressed. You know what I mean? Um, Cause you know, I definitely didn't waste my time the last eight years trying to get good at jujitsu. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's uh, I mean, even the overtime, you know, people st- still resist what Eddie's doing. And they, they talk shit when combat jujitsu started, they talk shit when overtime started and they're always the people left behind or, you know what I mean? Like, we're the ones ahead of the game. We're changing. We're dictating what's cool in jiu-jitsu. For sure. Yeah. Well, for you, Zach, what was your experience like at Tigers? Well, what we when actually, like, me and JM are actually, I'm 37. So, like, when I started at there, when I started at Tiger Shulman, it was actually called Master Glacier Karate. It was like a taekwondo school. And um, he was probably, like, six or seven years old when my brother started karate. So, we were doing karate and taekwondo, and then, eventually it changed into MMA. Like Tiger bought it out and was like, they were doing karate, breaking boards, you know, guys were still breaking ice when we were there and stuff. And it was real crazy military style, you know, style discipline, martial arts, but it, it was really, you know, got results. So back in the day, it was Tiger Showman's versus Henzo's. And when they would have the no holds barred fights, like the Tiger Showman guys would, would beat these would beat the shit out of the Hanzo guys. Like they had jujitsu, but the Tiger guys like they learned a lot. We le- we started learning jujitsu too when I was about sixteen, and they changed to kickboxing and and more of a mixed martial arts style like continuous sparring and uh, boxing. Guys started doing the Golden Gloves, and then uh, you know once they started that, they were learning jujitsu. They had some coaches up there too. Uh, Brian McLaughlin worked up there for a while, right? Big East Coast guy. You know he follows Eddie Bravo a lot you know, for all them and made jujitsu style. So they were ahead of the game back in the day, but then they just veered more towards wrestling and like cage control and stand up kickboxing, which is all great. I mean, look at, they got a lot of guys in UFC, they're beasts, but they didn't really do as much jujitsu, you know, maybe they just didn't have the, the outlet for it at the time. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we learned so much there. That's where we did all of our fights. Like I fought MMA for years pro back in the day when there was no amateur. And then um, once I, I took a break for a while, and I was running one of their schools, and then JM started fighting. So I started coming back and seeing him fighting. And I was like, oh, man, they got all these young guys. Like, I was only, like, 28 or 27 at the time. I was like, I'm going to get back into this. And, like, you know, I went through a breakup. And then I was like, yo, this is – I'm going back to martial arts 100%. <laughs> and we were kind of already working together with a bunch of other guys. And then we were just like, you know what, we, we got to take this to the next level. And anybody who was either holding us back or just didn't have the outlet for us to really, you know – prove what we thought we could do you know we just had to leave it behind so we ended up just doing our own thing so did you guys have that feeling while you guys were training the tigers and in your case you know when it was still a taekwondo school where you guys were you know I'm not, there's, this is great but there's still something else there that i'm seeking my body's seeking yeah i mean I, honestly it's just like a lot of people's story i i saw ufc I saw UFC one at like a local video store. It's called 48 hours video. My buddy worked there and I saw UFC. I was like, what is this? He's like, dude, you guys see these fight tapes. And I think UFC one through three was already out. And we just put them on the, the TV that was at the store. And I was like, what is this? And I took it home and immediately I, I, I like, I like Ken Shamrock for some reason back in the day. Like, I don't know why I always hated Royce Gracie, but I was like, Oh, this is, this is crazy. Like this is, this is, this is really cool. Like I was just really into that right away. And that was like always the next step. Like, let's get into, you know, let's do like how they're doing in, in fights, you know, and I didn't even know there was a whole jujitsu, you know, a whole lot of stuff. Like I didn't even realize about ADCC or anything like that. Like when did, what did you find out about first? Uh, UFC, right? Probably. Uh, yeah. Yeah. My first UFC was uh, UFC seven when Marco Huas won. That was my first like favorite fighter. Oh yeah. He, he wasn't – I didn't really like the jiu-jitsu guys. Um, but I liked Marco Huas. He did heel hooks. Uh, he would, like, foot stomp guys, leg kick guys. He punched guys in the face. Luta Libre in the house. Yes. Yeah. Yes, awesome. I liked that guy. So I liked that style because, you know, I was a striker. And I had some grappling, some jiu-jitsu. Even at, like, 12 years old, I knew what a triangle was. You know, you just – if you don't have a guy that's, like, like, an Eddie Bravo, like, who's obsessed with jiu-jitsu, 
who's taking it is like who's taking it deeper. Um, you just not you just don't understand what's there, like how life saving jujitsu is in a fight. It's like wow, like I can't believe like looking back now to what I know now, I can't believe I got in MMA fights. Yeah, and not knowing what I know now, like it's I'm scared to fight MMA now, and I fought when I was 19, 2021. 20, you know, no no rank in jujitsu. I was just going there trying to to box everyone's head off. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm glad I I'm a black belt in jujitsu for sure. <laughs> Right, wow. I guess it's just a case of when, when, when you're young and things aren't fully developed yet, you just go and do yeah. it, you know? Yeah, I was definitely, I was definitely uh, looking for something, you know? Like, I didn't do well in college because, like, it's – and now, like, seeing everything going down, I don't want to get political, but how college is – people don't even gonna want to go to college anymore. Yeah. It's like $100,000 to get a $40,000 job. People are – I just didn't do well, and then I just started fighting, and then um, – I ran into guys who were like really tough wrestlers, really tough wrestlers. Like no matter what, they're going to take you down. Like I can never stop that guy from ever taking me down. So I could either work on my wrestling for forever and, and, and try to wrestle in reverse to win fights, or I could get a really good guard. Like I was already in the rubber guard and stuff. And then I just, I did, I got tired of it. After a while I got good enough at jujitsu where I was like, why am I getting punched in the head for like no money? And I was just like, I'm going to focus on jujitsu, you know? Uh, is it still are, are you guys still experiencing like this this disconnect from people like that Eddie put together this system because he loves jiu-jitsu like do, do, do people still badmouth 10th planet folks because I'll make a statement and I'll, I want your reaction to it dude between Maeda the Brazilians flipped it why are you mad at Eddie because he flipped what the Brazilians flipped and just added more because I think Eddie's pretty respectful about the lineage of Jean Jacques and Car- Car- Carlinhos, Hicks on everyone, you know, but sometimes in my world, I'm not going to put him on, on the bad blast, but I try to explain to him like, dude, he just remixed someone that remixed something. And why are you mad? You know, yeah. is that something you guys still encounter or all that's these, not even all something these girls out here and you're mad, dude. <laughs> Stop being mad. No, uh, you, you can do – I mean, you know how things are. I mean, especially with Grace. When you can win every match, and people are mad at you for that. You, you, they're mad at Grace because they always got to bring up that she's Chinese or that she doesn't talk or she doesn't smile. It's like you guys don't even know her. You, you know what I mean? You just make shit up about people. It's like they compliment you to kind of give you a knock too. Yeah. You know mm. what I'm saying? Passive-aggressive bitch-assness, right? Like passive-aggressive bitch-assness, right? Yeah. Look at her last, uh, her opponent, Danielle Kelly. She's really cool, but people just judge the crap out of her, you know, and they give her shit. They give everybody shit. So it's like, you know what, what's the, you know, like Eddie's coming up. He, he's, how many people are having jiu-jitsu events right now? Not many. He has this jiu-jitsu OT event, puts on a super high-level match, you know, and then people are still like, oh, man, the rules, and they don't like it. And it's like, hey, man, then go and watch something else. But don't you see what's happening? Most of the fights in UFC, look at Benavidez. Guys are getting heel hooked. That's in the regular combat jiu-jitsu and EBI. You're going to see it, it's happening in fights now. People are figuring it out. And rear naked chokes. Who's the best at rear naked chokes? Like, we rolled with the guys the next day that competed in the tournament. We competed a bunch of them. We beat some of the guys in the tournament. And it was like, damn, like, these are, the, these are like, the best dudes, like, at this weight that can just – you put them on your back. I mean, how – why would you not want to be good at that? You start on someone's back. I'm, I'm black, but I'm supposed to choke you out. You know, so I want to do that. You know, I feel like that's so cool. Same thing. You're going to start with me in an arm bar and other dudes like, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to get out of it. You know, I think it's a really gangster tournament. Cuts out all the stalling, all the bullshit. It's just like, all right, let's go see who's the best. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that was really cool. So, I mean, they're going to give them shit no matter what, you know. It's just tough. You, 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 you donate money to fucking cancer awareness. Why aren't you donating to fucking mental health awareness? You know what I'm saying? Just doesn't fucking stop. (laughs) Yeah, you can't make everyone happy. You know what I mean? I Honestly, one thing I learned from Grace, like, you know, she just got her black belt. And, you know, I learn stuff from her all the time, moves and stuff. Um, but she just doesn't pay attention. She's in her own little world. She trains. And she's focused on, on doing what makes her happy, you know. And she doesn't really – she's not on Instagram. She's not on Facebook looking at the blogs and the stuff. Like, it doesn't – so it never is enters even her little – her world, you know, which is really smart. You know, yeah, think, and, and and with having mentors like you guys, you know, she won't be like Kanye to the go crazy because she's like that special 
you know, you know what I'm saying? Like special person. Like I, I, that sounds terrible. Um, I mean, like she's just a genius. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Concerto number five. It's like symphony the way she fucking grapples. Yeah. And that's why she's, that's why it's so cool. She is like, she is, you know, like people want to always, you know, like he said, pick, pick something wrong or they don't like this about her. They don't like this. Why didn't she do this? Why didn't she do that? It, she's not phased by that. She's not watching like moves on the internet, like how we're like studying moves and watching matches. She doesn't watch any of that. So she's not influenced at all. So she's like, you know, uh, like unique to the point where like, she's not influenced by anybody. She just, does what she learns in class, the 10 planet warmups and whatever me and JM been teaching her for the past eight, 10 years or whatever. And she just figures it out, you know, but there's no outside influence. Not like she's not following any trend, you know, she just does what moves that come to her. You know, it's really interesting to see, you know, where she goes with it. It's pretty cool. You know, since you guys um, are really, this is an old school Sam 44. So you guys are counterculture, right? It's like, street artists it's like hip-hop in the 70s and 80s when you guys found 10th planet did you guys immediately feel oh this is my people this is <laughs> this is this is exactly my math this is my language did you guys feel that right away the connection yeah i did i definitely felt that i mean you know a lot of the guys that we met were really cool and um you know everybody was like really oh you know once i competed up there and like we started meeting a couple of guys like Eddie found out, you know, we got introduced to him and everybody was just real cool. Like, but, uh, you know, it was like, Hey, you're, you're, you're listen to what we're saying, but also you're on your own. And this is your, you know, giving us the op- ability to do our own thing and still, you know, run our own tournaments and have our own school and do all this stuff and make our own decisions. And like you said, like an artist, we want to have creative control over our stuff. We don't want people always telling us, Hey, you guys got to do this. You guys got to do that. Hey, you guys wear this shit. Hey guys. That, it's like, you know what, like we're for the discipline part of it, but the discipline part of training. But other than that, we want to be able to creatively put our own spin on it. And that's one thing that I really, you know, 10 Planet made me feel at home. Like Eddie was like, hey, listen, I fucking trust you guys. You know, this is what I'm telling you. I'm going to give you advice. Like I could be wrong. He would always say that. I could be, I could be totally wrong, but this is what I think. Like stop me if you heard this one before and then he'd tell you exactly what. And you're like, damn, he's been saying that for years. I might want to start listening to him. Things start going through. So we do what he says, yes, because we trust in him, but it's not like, you know, a dictatorship or anything like that. So, you know, which is what I was used to training at a lot of other places, you know, not, none specifically, but, you know, so that really made me feel at home. Like, all right, this is my style. You know, this is what I'm about. For you, JM? Um, yeah, just open-minded people, man. Just, you know, uh, you got to respect everybody in jiu-jitsu because – Someone that you think is like a dorky looking guy that couldn't couldn't do anything to you in a fist fight might heel hook you or something. You know what I mean? You're gonna get tapped. There's a and there's a lot of people that haven't been exposed to that and you can tell in their in their mentality how they talk, like or how they who they are. Like um, you know, jujitsu is gonna humble you, you know what I'm saying? Like, because you're gonna find out that you're beatable, <laughs> you know. Um I don't know, it's just Ten Planets awesome, Eddie's awesome. Um, a lot of friends all over the world. I mean, 10 Planet's huge. It's a huge organization. You know what I mean? It's still just, still very young. Like, I feel like me and Zach are one of the moons that, like, probably push it harder. And, Absolutely. And high level, like, um, where people are actually taking notice of us. But um, there's going to be more coming, you know what I mean? There's going to be more guys. You know, a lot of schools are just still tiny, still getting started. But, uh, I mean, who knows, you know, another 10, 15 years. The 10th planet's only been around 15 years. Yeah. So, you know, a, a school like – a lot of schools have been around 30, 50 years, you know. So we'll see in another 20 years what 10th planet's – I mean, it's strong already. I think, like, if you look at, like, the BJJ Fanatics tournaments, I think in the mainstream kind of what they push on social media, who who's the best. And I understand, like, you know, the Donaher Death Squad and Atos and – and whoever else you can name is like they they just they just poured the love on for these guys and they're just got all these internet followers that just talk about them talk about them talk about them and um i don't know i feel like 10th planet wins all the cool tournaments like the ones that are submission tournaments uh our brown belts coming up are way strong like uh like chase won that bjj fan kyle boehm you know some of these guys john blank has only been training like six years so yeah. uh 
guys aren't even been training that long yet. I've been training 20 years. Alan Sanchez. Alan Sanchez. Some of these guys have been training six, eight years. Yeah. Wait till they're training 15 years, you know, then and they get on steroids and start blasting guys off. Since you guys are like mid-school, 10th planet dudes, do you guys find students that goes, oh, shit, this chick moves like a 2005 to 2010 10th planet person. Oh, this this twelve year old is an Imanari dark arts kind of guy, kind of yeah. kid. Do you guys see like the styles through the evolution with kids? Since you guys tr- teach them everything, dude, our kids are really good. He teaches the kids class right now since the Rona broke out. Um, I don't I don't know. We got some kids now that in six eight years could be really good. You know, it's just who who wants to do that. You know, what I mean, Grace. Grace had to go through a lot to get as good as she was. Like she would get smashed, she'd be crying. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? She had to, you know, she had to grow up it's pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I think like that's the cool thing about Tenth Planet, and Eddie taught me that too. Like, cause I would be like these freaking leg lock guys. I'd be all mad that guys would just go for leg locks. But he's like, you need leg lock guys. He would say that he'd be like, you, you need those guys in your school because you don't want someone coming through your school and leg locking everybody. You're going to need that leg lock guy, you know, that guy you can't take out. You got, you just send your leg lock guy after him. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't hate any style. I don't hate any style. There's something you can learn from everybody. Yeah. Know? Think about, think about this. Like Grace's last match. Um, she, she, uh, was defending all those leg locks. Like imagine if we never practiced leg locks with her or let her drill leg locks when she was a kid, you know, she wouldn't be never, she would, she would have kept, she would have gotten smoked by Danielle Kelly and leg locks. Instead, she was like in there like a trooper, just blocking everything, blocking. And then eventually, you know, she went for a leg lock of her own. It was deep. It was like the deepest leg lock, but she had the reverse grip in and she was going for it. Like all of our younger kids, when they get to like 12, 11, they've already been doing leg locks. They learn that stuff, you know, but when we were kids, we, you know, Tiger Shulman credit to them. They never were like, don't do these moves. They always showed leg locks and whatever moves. They're just, that's why it baffles me. To me, it's like, they're just moves. Like people bang on the ten planet walls. It's just more moves. And what's cool about Grace is she got a lot. She like a lot of new style, newer guys. Like they don't know the lockdown. They don't know the intricacies of lockdowns, the old school sweep, some of the older moves that they might still come up. You know, they might still come up for you where that lockdown saves your life. Like a lot of people don't want to learn that. They'll just try to go one route. Where uh, I think now I'm trying to make sure I teach all our kids, like our advanced kids, anyways. Like everything i want them to learn everything especially if they're planning on sticking around for a while you know i want them to learn every move guys also you know? guys try to get their black belt in like five years just leg locking everybody yeah guys want to just be mr leg lock that leg locks everyone gets their black belt in three years and i don't know you see guys like that open their school and they don't really do know do really well because they don't know <laughs> it's tough to teach it just yeah, yeah leg locks are cool i guess uh so i mean I'll, I'll probably be slowing that down like you'll get you'll you'll only rise so high going for just leg locks in my school. I'm not going to black belt you. I don't, I, if you're just leg locks, like Thor, people talk about Thor's leg locks, but Thor is just, he's a finisher in general. That guy's go-go plotted people. That guy's got arm bars out yeah. the ass. He's Ready got more passing, you know, he's got all the weapons, you know? And like I said, he's, he's very young still. For, for you guys as business owners, um, has that consumed to where now I have to, raise this village. I got to make sure this is running tight to where, um, is it going to be tough for you guys to, to compete at this point? Or are you guys still open as business owners? Because, you know, with, with that, you have the responsibility of being a dad to so many kids. Right. And then you have the responsibility of being a coach slash fellow fighter to your fighters. You know what I'm saying? Where are you guys at right now? Um, I pretty much retired at the last, the la- or uh, I don't even remember when it was, uh, a couple months ago, right? Because uh, I got really bad scoliosis from when I was a kid. So, like, I'm having some pretty serious back issues. Plus, I'm 37, so I'm like, you know what? I'm taking a break. I don't need to compete anymore. I mean, I was rolling hard last night with some of the guys. Like, I still roll three, four times a week, maybe, sometimes three. But I'm really trying to make sure I keep my body strong, lifting weights and doing all that other stuff. And then it allows me to, to be more involved with, like, help managing Grace, you know, managing the schools, managing the manager. And then, you know, we just gonna, we wanna, we're just going to keep forging on and, and trying to open up more businesses and 
just keep keep the momentum going. So, I mean, I'm pretty much done competing unless, you know, Jeff Glover or somebody wanted to come out of the retirement. If it was like a huge match, yeah, for some cash, then I would probably do it. But probably I'm just going to fade into the win. I've done all I can do. <laughs> right. How about well, you, JM, since you're the younger? Yeah, I mean, dude, I'm, I'm in my prime. I'm 30 <laughs> years old. I'm waiting on a match. I'm waiting on something. Maybe something, something will come up. You'll see me again. Um, uh, you know, whether we have to make it happen ourselves or, you know, Eddie needs me for something, who knows. But, uh, I mean, my resume speaks for itself. You know, anyone, you know, like I said, that we're making this stuff up because anyone in real life that we see, like, they, you know, we're all, it's all friends, you know, even the guys we compete against and we've won against and lost against and they beat our students, we beat their students. It's just all good. Um, as far as my, I got a son coming in like a month. So uh, that's going to be huge. I got to get a house. I got a, you know, I got a family now. So uh, I'm just being strong as, I'm as good as I possibly can to uh, pass jujitsu on to as many people as possible, but I can only roll with so many people, you know what I mean? So I got to keep my body strong and I want to be, you know, I don't want to be giving out black belts and, you know, they're not, they're not up to the level I'm, you know, that I had to work towards, you know? So, uh, just that, just having tough students, putting out tough students is you got to be in shape. You can't, you can't be like, if if I'm eating ho-hos all day and come in and I can't roll with (laughs) six, seven, you know, like when you're that black belt, you're everyone in your school wants to test you, you know? So round after round, after round, after round, the guy that's the toughest guy in the room is asking you for the role. They're trying to get ready for a tournament. So that's a, that's a way I can give back. You know, I have a lot of experience and I'm, you know, you know, I can help those people who want to maybe have a future in jujitsu or just want to make some waves and, and, you know, travel doing jujitsu. I can help them. And in the process I can help myself, you know, like, I'm getting the best training I've ever gotten right now. Like, because we've gotten to this level. Um, I've been, I'm getting the best training I've ever gotten. Like you most, when we started, we had to roll together and then roll with our students who knew nothing. We just beat the shit out of our students. <laughs> you know, now I got, now I got brown belts that are really good beating Henzo brown belts. You know what I mean? They'll beat the DDS brown belts and I'm rolling with them. You know, every day I got to go in and roll with guys. So, I don't know. I'm just, I'm staying ready and uh, I'm preparing people as much as possible. And, you know, just worried about feeding my kids. Yeah. For sure. You got that Tony Montana pad right there, man. It's (laughs) kind of nice, man. All white in that brick. So Zach, like since, uh, well, I'm 44, since you're retired right now, maybe eventually we might start seeing you in more gee stuff, bro. You putting on that, that, that jacket. What's the number one sign of a bad home security system? A home security system that's so complicated, you never use it. That's exactly the type of system Simply Safe has spent a decade fighting against. Simply Safe was designed to be easy to use while protecting your whole home 24-7. Order online, open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and your home is protected around the clock. It's that simple. Head to simplysafe.com forward slash team. That's S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com forward slash T-E-A-M and get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafe.com slash team. It feels good to fear less. Nah, I don't have time for it, man. I really don't. I mean, uh, I went to John Jocks. When was that? Last time we were out there for, was that around Christmas time? Yeah. I go to John Jocks. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for John Jock, obviously, you know, being in his lineage and anything. So if John Jock wanted me to dress up in a clown outfit and come to class, I would do it. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> no, but I mean, I'll wear whatever. I'll go there and do it. Um, but like, as for competing, I'm not going to do that. But our school is solely no gi and I have so much stuff you know, coaching wise that I feel like I need to worry about. I, I just don't think it correlates enough to where I have time to even do that. I want to do, I want to do some more striking, but I feel like I don't even have time to do that. I got to stop making excuses. Like I want to get back in striking class once a week and just make sure my hands stay crisp in case I need to like, you know, who knows what happens in case I need to Mike Tyson somebody. Sure. How about you, JM? That, that, that kimono is not in your near no. future at all, or maybe even distant future. No. 
Just no, a no-gi guy. Like I said, when I'm at John Jocks or something or someone asks me to wear it, I always wear it. Um, but, I mean, dude, we're – there's – no-gi is its own thing, man. It's 100% its own sport. Like, if you're not the, the gi – if you're in the gi, you're going to be in the gi all the time. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just not what I do. Maybe uh, the only way I would – like, I guess the only real benefit would be to train your grips, like your hands. You know what I mean? Like, in no-gi, you never train your actual – grips but no once you realize that you're like oh i need to use my hands and no gi it took me like i just learned that the other maybe a couple months back i'm like i want to start using my hands more in no gi like grabbing people by my hands you know um yeah i don't so know monkey based and right yeah i mean dude we're i'm i'm really i'm i'm focused on jujitsu for mma 100 percent. you know i want to work with people that have a future in mma or combat jujitsu or sub only you know we have to build that scene because uh, no one else is building it. Like, no one else is going to do that if we're not doing it. Uh, between EBI and finishers, uh, you know, that's that's what's real important. We're responsible for huge, like a whole generation of martial artists coming up under this banner, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, work, work towards blowing those guys up. You know, Gee's got plenty of help. The Gee is fine. They're doing – they're going to wait till Rona's over and everyone gets the vaccine and they'll start competing again. We're going to be over here choking necks <laughs> without vaccines. <laughs> Dude, I feel kind of frustrated. I feel frustrated for you guys because of this whole Corona thing, man. I feel like there's got to be some kind of policy for like gym owners, not only just like weightlifting, but I'm talking like grappling gyms, MMA gyms, jiu-jitsu gyms to where it's like, dude, these, these are the elite, of health elite of training and well, why stop the training? Like if, if there was an opportunity, cause I am taking this as a survey piece type question when I interview people, um, isn't it unfair to close the martial art gyms is everyone, if everyone else is healthy to go, to yeah. go according to the goddamn fucking phasing code. Yeah. I mean, we haven't really listened to any of the phasing codes to be honest with you, but sure. like we not, we're not ignorant towards it. Like we realize like, you know, things are, you got to be careful with whatever you do, you know, any risk you take is going to be a, ri a risk that you decided to take, you know? And um, I think people should really concentrate more on like keeping themselves healthy and getting your body healthy by doing something, you know, exposing your immune system to some things like, yes, but you know, uh, you got to take care of yourself. Like you got to be able to fight things off and get your body healthy. There's so much information out there on the internet, on YouTube, on, you know, wherever on, on how to get your immune system healthy. Like, you know, you should be, if you're traveling a lot, you should be, you know, get taking vitamin C and drinking water and just, you know, taking care of yourself, just general things. And I think if you lead a healthy life, you don't have really much to worry about, you know, but just be smart about it, you know, not to be ignorant to things, but yeah, I mean, I think closing down gyms and closing down a lot of places are, you know, definitely hypocritical if you're going to allow things like, you know, just lows to have 50 million people in it. Like, it doesn't yeah. make any sense, you know? So, you know, maybe that's unpopular opinion, but I think, you know, people can risk if they, you know, risk whatever they want to do, you know? That's what I think. So. Yeah, yeah. and then for me, I just feel like it's so ironic that, the purpose of even a weightlifting gym, a martial arts school is to preserve health. And you guys are closing yeah. the fucking system on, on them when the, all they're about, all you guys are trying to do is preserve health and fucking yeah. keep keeping, I mean, sorry, keep keeping healthy, you know? Yeah. I think it's, I mean, look what they did in feudal Japan. They took away everyone's weapons, right? They come up with, the farmers came up with nunchucks and size and shit because they wanted to train. That's a, Becomes, that's a yeah. training is, is a life. It's part of your life. Like that's like a breakfast, you know what I mean? Like, or whatever. It's, it's, it's essential to me. It's essential. And, uh, I don't know. You see how political things have become and you know, who, who's in charge of CDC and all that, you know? And, uh, I don't know. I'm just living my life, you know? So I don't know what everyone's problem is, you know, there you're, I don't impose my way on anyone and I don't, I don't, I don't respect anyone trying to impose their way on me. So, um, yeah, I mean, this has been, I don't know even what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying it. No, it's frustrating. If, yeah. If we opened up the school and no one came back and two people came back, then, you know, I would think something of it, but I mean, 
you know, we're allowed to be open right now, but the fact that we have like parents bring their kids in saying, listen, the kids need it, need this. They need to be able to get out of the house. They need to be able to train. They need to be able to, you know, expose themselves to sweating and running and jumping. They don't do anything else. They play video games all day. And it seems like that's what, like our government, they want to take away gym at schools. They want to take away recess. They want to take away fun. And that's one of the things in this book that I was reading, uh, the line method, I was saying like having fun is a way that keeps your body healthy. You're releasing endorphins. You're running around playing football with your son. You're, you're, you're coming into the gym. Like when I teach kids class on a Wednesday, it's kids advanced class. There's like 10, 12 kids in it. But uh, it's like a family affair. Like the other parents are there sitting on the mat. Like some of the other kids, younger kids that are just chilling there are there like doing, you know, gymnastics on the back mat. Like the parents are bringing me coffees. Like it, it's a social thing that people need. They don't have anything else. And this is like a healthy, and I'm teaching these kids, you know, we're teaching these kids and all of it. We're helping these kids learn how to fight. Like, you know, you have to be able to protect yourself. They're just keeping their, their sword, their uh, sword sharp. For the time being, you know, that's so how yeah, much of that do you think is ignorance versus fear based? Like the government, these officials that are either fearful or. Yeah, I got these. It's fears of virtue right now. They're, it's just it's fear propaganda, fear porn, you know, and the 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 the, the high level government right now doesn't want a population capable of of uh, critical thinking in shape. You know what I mean? Strong, you know, not, you know what I mean? They're casting spells on people. I feel like, like with the, with the racism and the, and all this stuff, it's all to divide and make people look at each other. Like they're the problem where when really the people running things is the problem, you know what I mean? Or, uh, and it's just when you're, when you're training and you're healthy and you're, you're exercising, I mean, McDonald's is open. They're feeding you McDonald's. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. It's great. It's all backwards. And, uh, I don't know. Like I, we were, you know, I'll show up 15 minutes before class and talk to my guys about what's going on. And, you know, I train cops. I train, you know, I train liberal guys, guys that I see on the Facebook and they're just posting liberal things. And I'm like, ugh, you know, maybe not my cup of tea, but I don't, you know what I mean? Anything you say on the mat is you're going to have to, if you offend someone, you know what I mean? Like it's, you're right there on the mat. Not that people would fight. It's just that it's a good environment to like kind of get all your, your stuff out. And, you know, you're, like, clear. You're, like, purified after training. You know what I mean? You're, like, clear-headed. Yeah, John Jock always says that. Like, you know, John Jock would always say, like, the training really begins after the training. That's real training. When you're sitting on the mat talking, and it's all different groups of people. But you're not thinking – you don't ever thinking about that, that there's, you know, all different races and different shapes and sizes and men and women and cops and, you know what I mean, you know, stoners and just everybody. And no one even thinks about that. Everyone just – you know, you rip on each other a little bit, but we get down to brass tacks. What we're there about is training. That's why I love overtime because there's no like, hey, listen, I'm just going to – let's go. I'm just going to put the – you know what I mean? Other guy's going to try to choke you, you know, and it matters who's good. That's what it matters. It matters who's good on the mat, and that's who gets that's who gets respect. I mean, everybody gets respect, but and, – and that's what it is. It doesn't have anything to do with anything else but training. That's one of the reasons why I think people need this shit. You know, Can really, you guys give me at least another 10 minutes? Is that, is that cool? Yeah, he has to leave. I, I, I can give you five. I got a kid's class. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up right now then. Um, what was the vibe like at Jiu-Jitsu OT? Did it feel exclusive and cool, or did it feel like unusual? Or, or maybe you guys have a different reaction. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was, it was awesome. I mean, uh, the event was cool. It was, it was a lot of guys, you know, we've been going to a million EBIs, so we, we know a lot of those guys already. And a lot of the people were competing from the East Coast, like Battle, Rosenthal, Ethan Krellison. Like, we faced these guys, like, millions of times. So it was, like, you know, it was really interesting, everybody just being there together. You know, a couple of couple of other guys, like, a couple of sponsors there, but the, there was not much crowd. And then, you know, when crazy stuff happened or people got tapped out, the, all the competitors were like, yeah, but it was all respect. And then the next morning we woke up at – 8 a.m. met in the lobby and like 15 of the people who competed or were there coaching got together and trained in the morning and we were all choking each other out and it was awesome you know so that that was that that's why you know again like I love that vibe yeah and and Grace got her black belt in front of people we've been you know competing against and it was just a group of people that kind of all understood why we were there and what we were doing that was a huge event for jiu-jitsu 
Yeah, I thought, you know, it's as revolutionary as like a combat jiu-jitsu, same kind of level. You know, for to let someone start in an armbar, a black belt start in an armbar on you, that's ballsy. It's very yeah, ballsy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Grace got her black belt, you know, had the performance she had against a really respectable opponent. You know, like, and then uh, when you're there on the mat with all those people and you're there for the weekend and then you see what happens on the, on the internet about it, you're like, wow, it's two totally different worlds. Yeah. Like, you know, and every time you go away, I feel like you come back home and it's a little different every time. You know, so like we left and I get Grace's black belt and maybe one of my blue belts says something a little just sideways to me. And I'm like, you don't even know who you're talking to right now. You know what I mean? Like I just got, I just rolled with like 15 of the best guys in the world. And this is a regular thing for us now. Before it was like a rare thing, but I, you know, we're chilling on the mat with Eddie and, 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 and uh, Master Vic. It's just, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just wild. Very appreciative and grateful for the opportunity always, you know what I mean? And that's why we work so hard because we enjoy doing the shows and we enjoy uh, showcasing the work. You know, it'd be really hard to, to work this hard if, it, if I wasn't enjoying what I was doing. Dope. Um, I know you guys are putting out videos and also, but where can people get a hold of you? And maybe, Zach, can you give me five more once Jams yeah. bounces? Cool. Uh, but, right. but where can we get a hold of you guys? Uh, I'm on Instagram at still JM Holland and uh, that's, or you can, e I mean, everything, the business emails in the bio, you know, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to just, all For you sure. got to do is sideways to get out of here. All right. Yeah. I got to go teach this kid's class. Charlie, thank you so much, man. Thank you, man. Well, we'll be in touch. All right. Yes, sir. But dog, man, I mean, like a, a lot of people don't realize, bro, like people like you who've been training and, and it, the, the system that that works well with with the striking base background defense from takedowns and then having 10th planet i think it shapes and molds you and jm into like this weird bear wolf tiger you know you know i mean but but as 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 you guys get older do you guys find yourself calming down or or just the intensity doesn't leave like for a um, fighter like you yeah i mean did i like, like I said, I've been taking, taking it easy body wise, like just let myself rest up a little bit and getting, uh, you know, trying to get more flex, even more flexible and get stronger and stuff. So, but like, man, I, I'll get home and like, I'll, I'll get into like YouTube, um, like just, uh, like just crazy YouTube rabbit holes, just watching old videos. And then I get super pumped and like seeing myself compete and stuff, but, and I do get amped about it, but I'm not like going to jump in. I don't, you know, I, I feel the, I definitely would feel the fire, but I also know how my body feels, but man, mm. I just I come back from a weekend. I'm like, wow. Like I see what Grace did. And then I just try to like, think, you know, how can I put my energy into, you know, getting her even better, what we need to work on, or like, what are my takeaways from the weekend? And then trying to just put it out to my students too, man. The guys were coaching for sure. A hundred percent and business wise, man, I want to be successful, you know, entrepreneur. And like, I never thought I was happy living in the back of the school and just be, not having a real job. So all this stuff that we were able to do now is like, you know, I, it's like, uh, you know, just extra, like it's like borrow, I'm on borrow time. So I might as well just keep shooting for whatever we can and just anybody I can help. That's why we keep running the finishers tournament stuff. We don't make that much money off it, but it's enough to where we keep pushing the, the, the level out here. We keep pushing the guys and giving people opportunities to do stuff. And every time, man, like I really believe in that karma. Every time I put good stuff out there, like good always comes back. It's always how it works. Are so. you learning a lot about yourself since you're a podcaster too, and you're a broadcaster? Yeah, it's cool. Like I got a lot of different things, man. Like I'm really trying to be careful what I say. Sometimes like, I don't want to offend a million people. And um, I don't want to like, I don't want to say something the wrong way, just talking about like a match or a fight and like really upset somebody. Uh, you know, when I commentated them and made fights that did get a little hairy a couple of times, guys were like, Hey man, I don't like, you know, they would come at me on Facebook. Like, I don't like what you said about me or whatever. And I was like, listen, it wasn't about you. It's just about what's happening in the fight. You know, like that's what they're paying me to do. And they'd be like, I'm going to kick your ass or whatever. And I'm like, okay. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to fist fight you over some things I said. So that I definitely be careful about. Um, but yeah, like even talking, talking for a long period of time, just on my own is, is kind of weird sometimes, you know? So I'm like really having to like uh, zone in my thoughts and like how I want to get it across. It's same with social media. Like everyone now it's weird. Everyone has a voice. So you gotta be careful what you say. And it's like uh, tricky how you want to get your point across, you know, how I want to, you know, not influence people, but how I want to let people know that, 
this is like my philosophy or whatever. And it's weird that it comes, it's come to social media. It's so weird, but it is part of the game, unfortunately. <laughs> well, like, do you, do you know uh, the stand-up comedian who passed uh, Patrice O'Neill? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, like him, like, I, I feel like we're all kind of like these children of Patrice O'Neill, where we like to say what we have to say and just yeah. don't be sensitive. We can turn the page and fucking, we can talk, we can talk yeah. about it too, you know? But it's weird because, like, I feel like you and JM, um, I'm drawn a lot. Like, I feel like JM is more like a sniper behind the mic while he says something, where you you just blow the whole – you kill all the fucking army people that you have to kill, you know? So I'm drawn to, like, fellow um, talkers. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's weird how, like, I would love to hear your pop culture takes. Like, have you heard of Andrew Schultz? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, you're you're like – you guys are like parallel in, in speech, you know, like I love listening to people like Andrew Schultz, but it's like, even he, he has a show called like, um, God, what is it fucking called, dude? Sorry, watch, man. I'm going to look this up real quick. I watched a YouTube show with him and uh, Tim Dillon. I've been listening to a lot of him. He's really funny. Um, yeah, I've always, my mom was always like, you know, you're either going to be a, a lawyer or, you know, you're going to be someone who, or a stand up comedian that just talks a lot, you know? And uh, I like it. I mean, I think with, with just teaching jujitsu class, like I remember the first time I, I came out to a class when people really started to like, okay, I got to train with these guys and they come down and we wouldn't just have open mat all the time. Like we make people always want to come to open mat. I'm like, no, you got to come to class. I'm like, you got to come to class and drill. We're big on drilling. You got to come to class and you got to, if you're going to respect me enough to come to my school and roll with my guys and roll with me, you got to take my class. That's how I feel. Like I don't just, you don't just show up and roll. That's like disrespectful. I would never do that. Like if I'm late for John Jock school, I don't even want to step foot in there because I feel it's disrespectful, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm just like, good. you know, having, having people come through is like, uh, I, I want to like with all the people there, every, I sometimes I get 10 minutes. Like when I want to give the guys a breather and I'll use that as like my, uh, I'll break in some material. And I remember walking out and there being like 30 people and being like, Oh shit. Like, I got to make sure I'm on point here. There's like 30 people. Or one time Eddie was teaching a seminar and he's like, all right. He's like, that's all I got for you. He's like, uh, Zach, uh, why don't you go out and teach a move real quick? And I was like, Oh damn. Like I got to get out there and teach. Now, thankfully I was teaching karate back at Tiger Shulman's when I turned 14, uh, my old sensei, uh, sensei V, uh, sensei Villafane. He used to let us teach private lessons when we were kids to other kids, younger kids. And he'd pay you like five, 10 bucks a lesson. And it would just be like, Hey, take this kid, go for a half hour. His parents are going to chill on the mat and watch you guys work. I was like 14, 15. The kid was like maybe eight. And he'd be like, I just want you to work on his front kick. Just work on a side kick. So like karate is so big on technique. Like it's got to be perfect when you're doing forms. Like your, your fist has to be this high. It can't be too low or like you, your legs got to be a 90 degree angle. And that's why I think me and JM growing up in karate, that's one thing that as a parallel I see with jujitsu, it's not just like, you know, grab his head and twist it. Yeah, there is some of that going on, but it's a lot of, hey man, when I tell you to put your arm underneath his head like this and grab your hands like this instead of like this, there's a reason why I'm telling you that. Because someone told me that and then I went and tried it and it works. So then I'm like, you got to do it exactly like this. So I think that's the, that was a, you know, that's definitely a parallel that we got from, you know, doing karate. But then when you teach like that, you got to be like on point, you know, with sure. all around stuff so it's just always fun for me to talk in front of people so then when we have to do some type of you know stand up or some type of you know just podcast i feel like i'm like all right i'm at home here i can do this yeah because um you know i i'm with the beat junkies a lot like i'll i'll be playing this on sirius xm and the beat junkie radio channel because a lot of the djs I'm, you know, filipinos were either nurses or fucking djs you know what i'm saying <laughs> so um like a lot of people are getting exposed now to jujitsu and it, it all ties into just being detailed. Like when you were younger, you were teaching, you got to be detailed. Like even in Jeet Kune Do, when they teach a Buji, which is an, which is an eye jab. No, it has to be precise. You know, like when they do all that trapping bullshit, which sometimes I feel doesn't work. Um, um, you know, you, you have to be detailed. And with DJs, they're like one of the better ones to teach because they understand, Hey, this is how you flare. You got to be precise with your BPMs. So like, uh, Rhett Maddock, you know, he saw that I was going to be interviewing you guys and he was just like, ah, dope, dude. Those guys are dope, man. They're also hip hop heads, which is, yeah. you know, it brings a kinship together, right? You know, that you guys are into hip hop and all that shit. 
Yeah, that's that's like the t- with the tournament too. Like, uh, you know, we always say it's the underground. You know, like the underground sub only movement. You know, we always put that up there. I'm like, I always wanted to be like, you know, uh, um, uh, like eight mile, like in there, like the mats in the middle, and everyone's just packed around. And it's like it is about who wins, but it's also about more like uh, like Gio Martinez, like uh, you know, Freakazoid, Ten Planet, uh, Black Belt under Eddie. Everybody knows Gio. Um, but Gio would always, they call it in a break dance. I think they call it like a blow up. Like you would hit like a sick move and then stop and everybody would be like, Oh, right. You got to pose. Like envisioned the sub only jujitsu movement. Like Eddie's is the big show, but we're like the underground mixtape. You know, we even got the, I even got the t-shirt. It's like a mixtape and it says finish your sub only on it. That's and it's dope. Like that. We wanted to be, we wanted to be like that. So, you know, it's cool. Like we're, it's always what YouTube is weird with playing music, but I always want like the DJ and like the music's playing and you come out to the mat and you're like, you know, something's something like gangstars playing in the background and the music just cuts off right when you slap hands and then it's like gets quiet and everyone's like, Oh shit, you know, it's about to get real. And then when we set up these big matches, it's not so much like might not be uh, Gordon Ryan versus, you know, whoever, but it's like the next up and coming like purple brown belts. And then a lot of good black belts still want to get footage or they want to go and test themselves and see what's going on. And that's why it's cool. Like, you know, being like a hip hop head, like people love that when they see the finishers they are like, Oh, this is my jam. This is my tournament. This is what I want. They got a DJ or like, this is sick, you know? So you just explained why I wanted to interview you two individually and why I wanted to interview you guys, because it's like, there's like our jujitsu talk is awesome. You guys are brilliant, but I wanted to really get into the layers of Zach layers of JM, which, you know, like uh, if you weren't into hip hop, you wouldn't want to be the, what what you're doing is you're doing the digit you're, you're doing the vinyl digging and you're showing him the white label. Like this is the next Jay-Z ain't no blank. The other one I got, you know, this is the B side, right? You got to fuck with, you know, that's exactly what, I felt by watching, unfortunately, I haven't been physically in there, but that your, your tournaments, dude, yeah. it's like on some B side shit, dude. Yeah, exactly. So it's like the, it's like the, exactly what we were saying before, like the counterculture, like people watch, you know, the, you know, big time, like Pan Ams and like, there are those guys, but then there's like a whole nother Avenue where people don't even know about it. And they find they're like, Oh dang, there's a sub only. Yeah. It's like a whole movement of people that just, you know, it's not like it's just, just jujitsu. Like, and the guys who are winning that man are some. There are some dudes, and then now it's crazy that a lot of those guys starting to mix into other higher level tournaments. You know, and we'll do them at like a, a in a barn. Like it was like a a big type barn, and we had one in like a strength and conditioning place, and it was like you know the back was all brick and everything, and like so it, you know it's like real. It's low budget for sure, but we're like thinking like, hey, what would be cool if we had you know, a DJ or if we had like a, a little show that now we even started doing like our own little news thing where we can promote our own show, you know? So it's like, I, and I stole that from uh, Snoop Dogg, like hey, how he has that uh, GGN, GGN radio. I was like, man, I should just throw a green screen behind, get our guy who's doing stuff. And like, you know, he's doing video work. Let's get him, you know, we'll, he'll, he can work on his stuff or his portfolio and I'll just do like a corny little news thing, but I'll be able to highlight our own show. So it's like, all right, if the regular news isn't going to cover us, we'll just cover it ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got that, dude, from one fellow broadcaster to another. You got that, dude. Like, uh, my attention, you know, it, it's unfortunate. Sometimes I look as far as for technique, not what they're saying, then I take that on. But I, yeah. I judge people like Rafa Sparza's dope, the MMA Complex people, they're dope. You know, I, I judge them first, not, not in a bad way, but like, okay, he's dope. His delivery's dope. Energy's good. But, but yeah, man, like, you know, maybe this is too much, but I feel like if I BJJF is like Mastro's or like the Fleming Steakhouse, you guys are like what Anthony Bourdain did. Dude, I'm going to put the street food on the map. I'm going to put this Jordanian food on the map. This fucking, that Italian stuff is dope, but check out the Sicilian stuff. This underground shit. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the feeling I get from your tournament, your and JM's tournament. Is that logo, by the way, inspired from MTV? Yeah, the Finishers TV. Yeah. Okay. Like MTV logo. And like same thing. Like I grew up watching MTV and stuff. So I always like like uh um like the, the basement and all that stuff, like a BET when they did all that. I always watched those shows growing up. So, you know, I that has like that definitely uh and some of the designers that we work with too, that's like heavily influenced like as seen on tv like finishers tv 
and then we got all the different logos and stuff. But yeah, that it's dude, it's so cool to have like um, I always tell people like, man, if you could do anything creative or if you're a creative person, like, you know, I'm using jujitsu as my outlet, but I was always into like trying to do creative stuff, but I was never like an artist per se where I could draw or, you know, do anything like that. But that's even like why I like tattoos. I feel like I just, I fall into that culture of like artists, you know? And then when I meet like a guy who's a DJ, I'm like, yeah, I can, I know exactly what these guys doing, you know? And then like how many, like we'll have a photographer that is really like, cause there are a lot of photographers who take pictures of weddings, but then you have like a real, like, you know, a street photographer guy who just has like a different vision and like, he'll come in and like take pictures of us and stuff. And like, they, they've never done martial arts or even seen it, but they'll see like Grace rolling with me or JM and like how it's just like a dance almost. And they'll just be like, wow, like that's fucking interesting. Like that's something's going on. They like can't quite, put a thing on it. But it's like when you tell someone play guitar and you're just like, I have no idea. But then there's dudes who could just pick it up be like, and you're like, whoa, like, what is that? You know, I always felt like I had that mind and like, this is like the perfect opportunity to, you know, put it out there. Like, yeah, man. And it's not just me. I got like 50 people working with us that'll like come up with an idea and then we run with it. And like this designer will send us like a picture of me and JM as Rick and Morty. And we're like, oh shit, like, look at that, you know? So it's, it's crazy what, like, the whole little, you know, uh, world that we're in right now. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, and JM has the liners, dude. He'll just, yeah, know, he'll yeah. digest what you're saying and he'll fucking pull out two lines and... Exactly. The bomb that's just why, exploded. Yeah, that's why we work together real good, you know what I mean? Because people will, like, try to bounce something off me and I'll give them a million different reasons and then they'll just say to JM, they'll just be like, dude, bam! And they'll be like, whoa! And then they'll have to like take into consideration what we're saying. Like we might be saying the same thing, but just a little bit different, you know? So, and it's dude, any partnership, you got to have like a, a yin and yang. If we were both, it's just like my wife, she keeps me in check. You know, if it was just me out there, I'd be running and gunning and I'd be doing crazy shit. She's like, yo, 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 you know, we got to ca- calm down. You know, you shouldn't do that. And then I'll sit on it and be like, yeah, you know what? You're right. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> Yeah, man. Well, dude, I've taken a lot of your time, but uh, I want the program directors to listen like how you and I went one-on-one because I feel like, I mean, it's great to interview you and JM together. I I love that. But I feel like there's so many layers to the cake to just interview you, to just interview JM. You know what I mean? Because, um, but yeah, as far as for honor talent stuff, bro, I don't know, just take it into two cents, uh, accounting into two cents, but Dude, I, I know I would be – I would encourage you guys to keep going with the on-air talent stuff too, man. It's dope, dude. Yeah. Really good stuff, man. Really, really, really good stuff. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I think we might as well. I mean, like, we, we got all these different things, and, like, I'm just trying to keep my uh, – trying to keep things, like, avenues open. Like, if something comes up good, like, hey, maybe, you know, we go down this path. Something comes up this way, we go down this path. I don't want to just close it off to, like, one thing. You know, I feel like we're capable of so many different things and who knows life's crazy. I mean, who would have known all this stuff would happen and we'd be, you know, but you got to just be like, a, like, like Bruce Lee said, you just got to be able to adapt, you know, crazy stuff comes up, bang, I, I change, you know, like I just morph into some other thing and I do this and, you know, selling stuff online or getting good at, you know, learning YouTube, whatever, you know, we sure. gotta, you keep teaching my, and that's what jujitsu and, and, you know, that stuff teaches you, man, it teaches you to teach yourself stuff. You know, it's a problem that needs to be figured out and you'll figure it out. So I appreciate that, man. I really appreciate you having us on, man. We've always, you know, once we met you guys back in the day, I was like, oh man, these guys are right down my alley, man. I always, I always knew when we met you before, I was like, oh dude, like we always stay up with you guys too. And um, we just appreciate everything you you guys do for us and having John Jock on and all that stuff, man. That's huge. I still show people the old interviews. I'm like, yo, watch this one, watch this one. And they're like, oh wow. Like, cause we get new guys all the time and they have no idea. You know, so the fact that you have that on, I can always send it to them and just be like, check this out, you know? And honestly, boss, that's from a controlled environment. Like, I like this more organic, just... Yeah, yeah. But I, I was, you know, I, I still have a program director, but still they're giving me leeway. But again, man, thank you so much. Um, This will be launching... Okay, so Luta Gear is tomorrow. Birgitsu tomorrow. So either August 14th or the 21st. I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys a heads up. And also, I'm not sure, if, uh, maybe you can ask JM this too. I belong to a record pool of underground hip hop. You care to 
retransfer you some beats that I get from everyone? Oh yeah, that would be awesome, man. I'm always, dude, I always got guys like, it's one thing that's really cool about people knowing that is they're always sending me stuff. Like people are like, yo, check this out. I like, I get some crazy stuff, guys I'd never heard of. And if not, I have no idea even where to look anymore. It's not like the old days where I could just in Allentown, Pennsylvania, I would just go over there, walk in three mixtapes for 20 bucks. And then that's all you got, you know, and then Napster and all this stuff. I feel like ruined it. I want to go back to the old days. (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot. There's also here in LA, there's a blowing, there's this new merge of hip hop and R and B, but it's all instrumentals. Oh, nice. All like- instrumentals, but it's just, um, hip hop kicks and snares, but with R and B, R and B polyrhythmic patterns, but it works, dude. So I'll send you a, a gang of those. Yeah, dude. I would love that. We always need stuff to roll to too, man. I'm sick of all this stuff, dude. I can only really listen to certain things a million times. For sure. Absolutely. Well, take care, man. Uh, Send my regards to JM too, but appreciate you, bro. Yes, sir. All right. Look forward to talking to you again, brother. See you soon, man. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the show. And please subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We're also available on your favorite directories aside from iTunes, such as Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V-E dot com. And Believe Podcasts on social media. Now, if you want to get at me personally, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Plug12. That's P-L-U-G-O-N-E-T-W-O. Hit me up and I'll read your questions or maybe even have you on the show. Believe in the fight game. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.